What is up, Steeler fam? I'm your host for the new uh, the Hangover. Uh, same crowd, new host. I'm Daniel J. Alongside with me is Shannon White and Tony D. Tony's having a little bit of problems with his uh, camera right now. I'm sure he'll be back in. Shannon, how you doing this uh, tampering Monday that we've had going on? I tell you, I was awful excited, and then it just kind of, it just, it's been kind of petering out. You know, it's it's been real slow. The news uh, of the day and a lot of the news was not necessarily what I wanted to hear, but, um, you know, I'm looking forward to this whole process, uh, you know, to see what direction Con and Weidel's taking us. But it's, it's, uh, uh, we finally got some, uh, a signing. I won't mention, I'll let you bring that up, but we're getting there. We're so I'm hoping there. it's going to get better from here. For sure, for sure. In fact, I was going to ask you guys, is this just the the con before the storm, so to speak? But we do got some big news. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers looks to be signing uh, uh, free agent cornerback Patrick Peterson. Tony Deffio, how, what was your reaction on the news of uh, Patrick P coming over to the black and gold? I, I think Tony's still having some some technical difficulty. Uh, uh, Shannon, w- w- what were your first reactions onto the, the signing of Patrick P? I mean, it seems like Joe Hayden. Yeah, yeah it looked like he's having a little bit of problems there. As I will tell you, if this had been two years ago, I'd have been dancing all around the room. Uh, but Patrick Peterson. Isn't what he once was, but he still scored really high with PFF last year. For he actually had a higher coverage grade than uh, Cam Sutton had. Right. So, I mean, he's a solid, experienced veteran who could bring a lot to that cornerback uh, room for the Steelers. Also, me and Bad was talking before the show. To me, this signals that the Steelers are going to go or tried to go cornerback in the first round mm-hmm. uh, and bring in a guy like this. Let's say you do get a shot to draft Joey Porter Jr. Patrick mm-hmm. Peterson is a good mentor for him. Right. Both of them larger cornerbacks, you know, above average speed. You know, he could actually give him a lot of pointers of playing the position at the high level and then have a guy like, you know, let's say it is Joey Porter Jr., develop into the Steelers' next true cornerback one. So, I mean, to me, it signals two things. One, they lost experience by losing Cam Sutton, but they gained experience with Peterson, somebody who will be able to mentor a a young corner if they bring one in on day one. Yeah, I I felt that the the Pittsburgh Steelers typically try to draft um, what they, I mean, you know, sign in free agency what they need that way. They don't have to necessarily depend so much on the draft. I think that's when you end up finding yourself in a uh, Artie Burns type of situation. And so, you know, this signing here just kind of tells me they're getting a guy that can fit in now, especially if somebody that they want in the draft is not available do you think that this maybe takes moving up into the draft out of the table? I really didn't want the Steelers to move up. I guess I might still have the bad taste of the Devin Bush situation in my mouth. Yeah. But um, there's really, I think they're going to be able to uh, target a guy around that 17th pick mm-hmm. uh, that 
would be able to come in and start immediately, especially with the, you know, having a guy like Richardson blow away the combo at quarterback. You know, you're looking at maybe four quarterbacks going in the top 10. And if that happens, it's going to help one of them guys, whether it be a top tackle cornerback drop down there to that 17th pick. So I really, yeah, I don't want to see the Steelers straight up. If anything, trade back and accumulate more picks because after the fourth round, this draft class is really drops. Right. So the more picks you can have in them, a hundred top 120, you know, the top 150 range, you're better off. Right. No, absolutely. Welcome back, Tony. Um, what we we're talking about Patrick Peterson and, and our thoughts on him. Uh, it looks like it's a two year deal for Patrick uh, coming to the Pittsburgh Steelers. What are your thoughts first and foremost on, on the signing? Um, and of course we lost Cam Sutton. What are your feelings on the acquisition versus the loss? No, uh, you're muted. I'm not sure if you can hear us still. Yeah. No, yeah. No. So, uh, again, so the Steelers lose Cam Sutton. You know, that was a big loss. That was the first, you know, major news for the Pittsburgh Steelers there earlier today. Um, I looked to see if there was potentially going to be a signing, you know, to replace him. Patrick Peterson is that guy. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that solidifies Akilah Weatherspoon's position on this team? I know there was a lot of questions as to whether or not he was going to be a cap casualty, cap cut, and perhaps bringing back Cam Sutton. Now that Sutton is gone, is Aquilo safe on the team? I don't think that's necessarily the case. I'm not a Witherspoon fan. I wasn't a Witherspoon fan when they traded for him. I wasn't when they signed him to the, you know, the contract last year. Mm-hmm. Because one of my good friends is a big 49ers fan. And I remember him. He'd be talking about, oh, Witherspoon is taking that next step. He's going to be one of the top corners in the West, you know, NFC West. And then a few weeks later, he'd be complaining that he got torched three times and acts like you didn't have any focus or clue of what he was doing. And right. if you look at his track record, he he's never had longer than eight game stretch that he played above the line football. And he'll have he'll have like weeks that he's down, uh, and not counting the nagging injuries. He already wasn't physical. He's actually been more physical in Pittsburgh than he was in with the 49ers as far as tackling and run support. Right. But I've not been impressed with him. To me, there's guys out there, you know, you could bring William Jackson back later on in this process, more than likely, uh, at a you know, one year prove it deal. Uh, there's still guys out there that is going to be you know, affordable right? Uh, and draft, you know, this is a deep class of corners. You might even double dip at corner this year. So yeah. to me, I would rather do that than bring back Witherspoon. Right. No, and you're absolutely right. Especially that I think there's more of a need in the slot, especially with Cam Sutton um, leaving. He was a guy that when it was obvious, you know, coverage situation Mm -hmm. uh, that would slide over into the slot. And so I think the Steelers are going to definitely be targeting that slot cornerback in the draft. Uh, Arthur Mallette has a certain skill set, but I think his skill set is more towards um, being that, you know, 
pass rusher off the edge type uh, and run supporter. I think he was able to put his helmet in there a little bit better than what Cam Sutton did, but his passing is uh, coverage ability is going to be what I feel that the Steelers are going to be really missing a lot out of Cam Sutton's departure. He goes to the Lions for quite a bit of money. Were you shocked when you first heard the news of Cam Sutton signing? Did you think he was going to come back? Is he one of your biggest uh, free agency uh, surprises up so far to this point? I did believe he would come back. Uh, he is such a good fit for what the Steelers, their coverage schemes, and they did develop him. He has a real good rapport with Mike Tomlin. Tomlin says he's the smartest guy he's ever coached. Right. Uh, and I predicted three years, 33 million. And that's exactly what he got. I think the Steelers would have probably met that, but based on what I'm reading, the guaranteed money was fully guaranteed 12 million this year. And of his 10 million next year, nine million is already guaranteed. Oh. And we know that in the past, the Steelers didn't like to do that. Mm-hmm. And so they might, that might've been the, you know, they're like, here, you test the market. This is what we're offering. Probably substantially less guaranteed money. And, you know, he took the money uh, to go to a, a Detroit team. That's really uh, heading in the right direction. I mean, they're really trending upward. And I think that's a smart signing for them. Uh-huh. I thought the stores would try to, I thought they would come in that range. But I was worried about the guaranteed money, and I, I have a feeling that's what held it up. But I, I said all along I thought they would try to bring Sutton back and then draft a first-round corner. And, you know, that way I was not really that concerned about it. Uh, but I thought there was a chance they could lose him, and, of course, they did. No, yeah, for sure. It's uh... – I, I, too, thought that he would be coming back. I thought he was a guy that, you know, was one of the first cornerbacks that the Pittsburgh Steelers have developed in a while that really transitioned into a starting quality, capable cornerback. And so I felt that the Steelers, as much as they talk about growing their own and keeping their own in at that position with the failures that they've had in the past at drafting and, and building that position, that they would keep the one guy that they did develop. And so it was pretty unfortunate to see him go. I thought he was a, a true Pittsburgh Steeler, classy guy. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulations to him and and, and to the Detroit Lions in, in acquiring a fantastic player. Uh, Patrick Peterson's coming in. I think the Steelers are going to be attacking cornerback in the draft as well. Sticking on into the back end of the defense, Terrell Edmonds is a guy who still remains a free agent at this point. Are you surprised by that? Are you surprised or were you are you expecting him to be signed by somebody else? Or you think he's going to make his way back to the black and gold? I think it all comes down to ego. I mean, we've just seen Jesse Bates sign the record contract uh, to go to the Falcons. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Vaughn Bell uh, signed with somebody. The Bengals lost both those dudes. And so Edmonds, they showed last year that the market really isn't out there for Edmonds. Teams mm-hmm. are looking for the splash, and he doesn't provide the splash. But he is solid, and he means so much to the Steelers' defense. And his connection with Mika Fitzpatrick allows Fitzpatrick to do the things he does. So. I was all on board with getting Terrell back and Kazik. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought that they would be able to work out at least one of them contracts before this whole thing kicked off this morning, but yeah. nothing's happened. So that concerns me a little bit. I mean, 
maybe they're just wanting these guys to have an opportunity to see what's out there. But I do believe, you know, that losing, to me, losing Edmonds would be a bigger blow to the Steelers than losing Sutton. Because I do believe that a guy like Patterson, um, Dean, Bunning, there's different corners out there that I think you come in and give the Steelers a lot of what um, Sutton provided. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's not taking even away, thing away from Sutton. He was a really good player and a good person. But I'm just saying that I believe that he would be easier to replace, whereas Edmonds, the things he does, so much of it doesn't show up on the stat sheet. So fans, they, you know, they don't see the the splashy interceptions and they think he's not really providing that much of a service where he is. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm hoping that we're going to start hearing some news and activity about them signing uh, Terrell and Kazee. Correct. Yeah, he Ter- Terrell Edmonds had a, a tweet out not too long ago, a uh, little bit cryptic, unsure if he's, um, you know, going to be uh, signing with the Pittsburgh Steelers or if he's got maybe another team uh, in, in mind, but it does look like there might be some information coming from his camp soon. Hopefully it is with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, I think the Steelers defense saw what it was without Terrell um, when he went down this past season for a couple of games. Trey Norwood is, in my opinion, a little bit of a liability over the top. He's not that, you know, he doesn't have the speed that a Terrell Edmonds has. Uh, Terrell Edmonds reminds me a lot of like an Ike Taylor in the right place at the right time. A lot of the times just unable to bring down the interception, so to speak. And so I think that, you know, it's also pivotal if you want to keep that pair of Minka and Terrell Edmonds there and let Minka do what he does. A big part of what Minka Minka does is because he knows and has trust in the, and uh, his partner there in Edmonds is going to have his back and, um, and his trust amongst the cornerbacks. It looks like at least from the start of this, that there might be a, uh, a facelift when it comes to the defensive back group. And <laughs> Minka Fitzpatrick yeah. might be one of the f- few guys that are, are, are a familiar face back there. Um, this defense played very well last season. All these changes, if it ends up happening, do you think that it affects the outcome of this defense? Do you think that this team going forward can continue? You know, we also lost Brian Flores as a coach. And so, um, you know, I think I think this defense is uh, might, might look a little different this upcoming year. What do you think? Well, thankfully they got the big three. That's true. Well, actually, I would say the big four now because I'm going to put Alex Highsmith in there. Uh-huh. So you got Hayward, you got somebody on every level. You got Hayward, you got Watt, you got Highsmith, you got Fitzpatrick. Now the two places I wanted to see upgraded the most is obviously defensive tackle. They need some beef. They need somebody that can tie up blockers and help those middle linebackers out. I wanted the Steelers' main splash in free agency to be inside linebacker. The Steelers have been subpar at inside linebacker since Shazir was injured. They have not been able to replace him, not adequately. Now, I liked Vince Williams a lot. He had his limitations, but I liked his physicality and what he brought to the table. But they went through Joe Sherbert. They went through Avery Williamson. They went through uh, Devin Bush, and now they got Miles Jack. And every guy, they get them two years past their expiration date or their best by date, let's say. 
Mm-hmm. And I thought Miles Jacks was a shadow of himself. Uh, I had a guy, when we signed him, a guy was uh, that's a Jaguars fan contacted me and said, you're, you're not getting the guy you think you're getting. This ain't 2017, 2018 Miles Jacks. And he was right. Yeah. And Jacks was the former running back, and he was a movement guy. He was a mobility linebacker. And last year, he had some physicality in the hole, something that Bush hasn't had for years. But he did not have that mobility anymore to play sideline to sideline. And he was a liability in coverage. So I wanted this to be the offseason of inside linebacker. So I wanted one of the top five inside linebackers and Steelers to sign him, mm-hmm. draft a guy in day two to come in, re-sign Robert Spillane, have uh, um, Robertson, you know, to round out that room. And you can cut Miles Jackson to save $8 million. And you could, that's a good chunk of change to put down on your next inside linebacker. If you look today, Jermaine Pratt signed for $7 million a year. TJ Edwards signed for $6.5 million a year. I mean, these are guys who were high on that list that I was talking about. Hmm. They don't cost $8 million. And Miles Jackson does not justify $8 million anymore. So the, the defense is definitely going to look different. Hopefully they can do these things at inside linebacker, like I mentioned, you know, upgrade that middle. Mm-hmm. And then with Peterson and maybe a top draft pick at, at corner, you know, maybe they can strengthen the whole defense overall, even with the loss of a guy like Cam Sutton. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. Now, <clears throat> I'll tell you, I was looking forward to possibly getting Tremaine Edmonds the, to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but he signed a mega deal uh, mm-hmm. to go to the Bears. Uh, you know, I, after seeing that, I, I didn't think the Steelers, I mean, I think they made calls. I think they picked up the phone to see how he was mm. doing. And, and I think he told them he was doing very well. Uh, <laughs> really well. Up, yeah, really well. You know, he ends up going. Uh, another guy that the Steelers were kind of, you know, Steeler fan base were looking at and hopefully maybe at a possible return was Javon Hargrave. He gets another big deal to go to the, the 49ers. Um, some big pieces uh, so far. What are your thoughts about Omar Khan's first day in, in free agency? I mean, we've lost some people. We didn't pick up, you know, we haven't, we got Patrick Peterson. Are you, what do you think so far about his, what he's done day one? I didn't know what to expect. I figured he'd want to come out and make a statement signing mm-hmm. to really stamp his presence in the position. But, you know, I don't consider Patrick Peterson a signature stamp, so to speak. You know, it ain't going to be one of them memories on his passport. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, Hopefully he'll come in and surprise us and still have a couple, you know, solid seasons in the tank, kind of like Joe Hayden did. You know, Joe Hayden was past his best by date, but he really brought a lot of leadership and, and uh, character and and uh, fundamentally sound football to that defense, and I think Patterson can do the same same thing. But uh, I'm still waiting for a a signature signing. Uh-huh. And to me, uh, we're not hearing of any of the big defensive tackles coming off being signed yet. And the second layer 
I mean, after Edmonds and Pratt, uh, I thought you had different guys in the same class to say that TJ Edwards. Uh, there's David Long. I'm really I like him. Um, I've got an article waiting to drop about Drew Tranquil for the Chargers. Uh, I've really watched him a lot, uh, especially last year. And Tranquil offers a lot of things that the Steelers need at the inside linebacker position. And he can he can play the run and the coverage. Uh, and I think he's a guy that they can afford, you know, on a reasonable contract. And he's he's good age, 27. So that's a guy that I – but they're going to have to start looking at some of these guys because there's other quarter – I mean, inside linebacker needy teams out there that will jump on them quick, especially with the top guys coming off the board. So um, I, I'm I'm – so I'm undecided so far on Con because uh, I'm not sure what he's wanting to do this year. You know, it's not really evident yet because he hasn't cleared money. They haven't done any restructures, really. They haven't released some guys that they potentially could have. So we're all kind of, you know, sitting in limbo right now. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I'll say that I was hoping that he would make a, you know, a big move, maybe put his stamp on, on his uh, tenure on, on the era that is the Omar Khan era at being the general manager. It's his first time, first free agency. I thought there would be a big move. Um, You know, as of now there isn't uh, outside of, of course, Patrick Peterson, but to me, that's more of a, uh, a fill-in spot for maybe perhaps like you mentioned earlier, drafting a cornerback and developing that cornerback to be that CB one. I do like the, uh, you know, the experience and the, and the potential leadership that he can bring to this organization and to, uh, like, like we said, we're probably going to be looking at maybe even double dipping into the draft at cornerback. So to have a guy of his status and stature to come in and experience, I think that's a, that's a great move. Um, we're going to take our break real quick, but when we get back, we're going to talk about available free agents that the Pittsburgh Steelers could still get. Maybe some guys that we think or are hoping for the Pittsburgh Steelers to to grab. Don't go anywhere on the YouTube side. Just on the YouTube side, just stand by for a brief second. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're talking about the draft, uh, the free agency fallout, and the first day of the tampering period. Uh, I am Daniel J. Alongside with me is Shannon White. Tony D had some technical difficulties, so um, I'm not sure if he's going to be coming back in or not. But if not, it's just going to be me and Shannon. Uh, so we talked about who the Steelers lost and who the Steelers got. Who do you think is still left available? Who are your top uh, guys that you're hoping find their way into a Steelers uniform? Well, you know, you have Tomlinson the big defensive tackle for the Vikings. Uh, you know, he really, he's always been a really good run stuffer, but he started to show more uh, ability to pressure the pocket and collapse the pocket last year. Mm-hmm. So that's a guy that I've been targeting for a while. Um, you know, you had some guys that look like they're going to be released uh, or have been released. Uh, Harris, Shelby Harris, there's a guy, you know, that a little bit older, but a guy that can come in and, and give them some good, you know, look at Alulu, Tyson Alulu. Um, you know, he was kind of an afterthought when they signed him because he, you know, he was kind of a bust 
in Jacksonville for being a first-round pick. But he gave the Steelers three really good years. Uh, at one point there in 2020, I thought that uh, Hayward, Lulu, and Toot was the best defensive line in the NFL, especially 3-4. So, yeah. you know, you can get a guy – Like that, a good fit in that Steelers at the nose tackle or defensive tackle and get great value. So, again, like we talked about, I already mentioned a couple of the inside linebackers I'd like to see the Steelers target. Um, the more I look at it, you know, David Long and uh, Vander S from the Cowboys mm-hmm. and Drew Tranquil, all three of them guys would be a huge upgrade. And then let's say the Steelers could get a Jack Campbell in the draft at 32 or early in that second round. Man, you know, re-sign Spillane and have Robertson, you know, you're kind of set at inside linebacker for, for a while. It was a room that the Steelers have had in years. Um, so as far as anybody else on the radar, uh, I guess I'm mainly wanting the Steelers to focus uh, on Terrell Edmonds and Kazee. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'd like to see him bring back James Pierre because I think Pierre is a really good number four corner and a great gunner on special teams. And, you know, it looks like the Disturbs are wanting to be more physical, uh, you know, in their secondary. Uh-huh. And, you know, with a healthy TJ Watt and that pass rush for a full season next year. They they might be a little bit more apt to be more physical and press a little more. And I, I think that that could be something, you know, with that safety help, especially Kazee, who plays a really good deep safety, that, you know, that would be somewhere Pierre might really have value is that number four corner. Yeah, I agree. And I thought that in – in the time that Pierre, you know, he was playing some spot duty last season, mm-hmm. but in, you know, when he did come in, I thought he did do a, a significantly better. I thought that his coverage was better. Uh, I felt that he was, uh, that he could fill in in a pinch and perhaps he'd maybe even be the guy that the Steelers thought that they had found that diamond in the rough, so to speak, um, you know, that they could develop and maybe perhaps he can still be that guy. I would look, I would like to see Pierre back, um, you know, for me, middle linebacker is going to be a, it's a huge hole. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, for one, really don't want to see uh, Devin Bush come back, but, you know, he's probably testing out the market. You know, if he doesn't get anything, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers offer him like a two million a year type of thing for him to come back. Um, I don't, I'd rather, and I think the Steelers would rather have Robert Spillane there. And there was evidence by that in the fact that Robert Spillane played majority of his snaps in the last few games of the season last year. And so, yeah, that middle linebacker is huge. Mm-hmm. I know that there's been some talk about uh, the 49ers middle linebacker, uh, Aziz Al-Shair. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered that. I was looking at some of his play. He he looks, he's fast, he's explosive. I, I liked his coverage on running backs and and um, and coverage out of the backfield. So I felt that he might be a guy that the Steelers also might be looking for. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that up front is going to definitely be key. Um, offensively, are you seeing the Steelers do anything or making any moves offensively? Do you see a wide receiver coming in um, or maybe perhaps maybe an offensive lineman in free agency? Or, or are we thinking that the offensive side is set outside of the draft to this point? 
I think that the Steelers don't see offensive line as an issue mm-hmm. uh, as much as a lot of the fans do. Right. They were the line really improved last year. And uh, I think that as the season went on and Pat Meyer, his influence, you know, with that zone reads and, and uh, outside zone, and they, they really started to gel. Uh, obviously, the left side of the line could be upgraded, but at what cost? If if one of the tackles fall to 17, the Steelers would have to consider it. Yeah. Or even at 32, let's say that Dewan Jones from Ohio State, you know, you could sign that, you could draft that kid, put him out at uh, right tackle. He's a mauler. Uh, and then you could let uh, Core Four and Moore battle it out for a left tackle. You know, and whoever don't win the position, they're your swing tackle. Um, I, I just don't see the Steelers putting anything too early in an offensive player. Um, if they went best player available and say they think Michael Meyer is the tight end from Notre Dame, I know you've probably read my articles that having the two-headed monster at tight end with Fryermuth and also having insurance in case Fryermuth's career is cut short due to concussions, you know, they could look that way, but they could do that in free agency with, say, a Foster Maroon. Uh, I'm probably butchering his name, but uh, from the Raiders. Um, you know, there's a guy that could be a high-quality tight end too, but, you know, what's he going to cost? Right. And and whoever the tight end two is needs to be a top blocker. Right. And there is some of those guys in the draft uh, you could get on day two who fits that criteria. So I, everybody wants a veteran wide receiver. I just don't see any this year. I'll be honest. There's nobody in the free agent market right now, wide receiver, that impresses me. There's some wide receivers in the draft that I think you could get in the fourth round. Bryce Ford Wheaton out of West Virginia. I'm very familiar with him. I've been telling everybody for years, the only reason he hasn't been a star is because he's had terrible quarterback play. The Mountaineers have not had anything close to an NFL caliber quarterback during his tenure. But he's his RSA athletic scores are up there with Chris Henry and Martavius Bryant and guys like that. And he's a legit 6'4 and 225. So... He's he is actually Chase Claypool if he was more competitive. So I think if he if he makes it to the fourth, I think he could be a steal uh, for the Steelers at at wide receiver. But I, I don't know about you, but I just don't see the as much need here in free agency on the offensive side of the ball that I do on the defensive. Right. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I definitely do agree that the offensive side is probably a little bit more set. I think that the left side of the line could use some help as well, but I don't think it's a dire need. You know, I think that this team did make a lot of steps forward in the right direction last year as an offense as they grew. And they, they were doing that with a lot of, um, I mean, a lot of, there was a lot of issues last year with our offense. You had, you know, two new quarterbacks come in at different parts of the season and, um, you know, we're the starter. You had Najee Harris, who was missing a big portion of training camp due to his injuries and him coming back. And, 
you know, having to get reacquainted with the offensive line and what they like to do because the majority of them were brand new. And so I saw them making the right moves in the right direction. I feel that it may be a mistake to break that up and break up that camaraderie, break up that chemistry that's already been built. And so, you know, move that forward. Now you, you bring up the two headed monster at the tight end position. Do you, do you lack confidence in, in Hayward being that second tight end? Is it a, maybe perhaps a size thing? Cause he's a little bit undersized for a tight end. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really high on Hayward when they drafted him. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, just because he's Cam's little brother, because I watched him at Michigan state and he could just do it all. And he's just a football player. He's a competitor, just like all the Haywards, the guys out there hard headed and, and, you know, he'll throw his nose in the fray. And I was really high on him. I think he'd be a great H back. Uh, and replace Watt as the fullback. Uh, but, is no, you know, no more than the Steelers actually use a fullback. Um, and he's also be a lot cheaper. Right. Uh, but now where the Steelers go there, I mean, you know, you don't want to piss off your best player by, you know, moving away from his brother. Yeah. So, but, I, no, I like Hayward, but he's just not a true inline tight end. He, mm-hmm. he's, he's just much too small. Uh, he's a, He could seal the edge. You know, kick out block that way, but he he's not going to be able to handle defensive ends or, um, you know, on that outside. So right. they need that big tight end too. And you know, if you need a another guy in the backfield, you don't want to go four deep. You could call Hayward that tight end three. It doesn't matter because he can fill a lot of roles. But yeah, I, I just don't see him as the answer uh, as tight end two. I don't think he'll ever be able to do that. But yeah. I did just notice, uh, seen an update that the Cowboys are looking at Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Bobby, I'm sure he wants to find him a somewhere he thinks is a contending team. And uh, so to me, that says that the Cowboys are probably moving away from Van Der Esch, which could work out for the Steelers because they were really high on him in the draft. Right. But they couldn't get up. You know, they tried to trade up according to what um, Art Rooney II said uh, and Colbert, you know, that they tried to move up to get, look for a guy like him or Evans that year, mm-hmm. and they couldn't. So Vanderish is a possibility. He's not my favorite. I wish you were talking to Wagner. They're probably moving away from Vanderish. Right, right. Now, Moving away from Vanderish because Vanderish was pretty good. The problem with him has always been like an injury situation. Yeah, yeah. He's found himself on the uh, on the injury report often. Um, I can see him being a guy. You know, you're absolutely right. The Steelers were looking at him. Um, you know, in the draft, that's definitely a guy that I can see that the Pittsburgh Steelers go on an attack if he ends up being out there. Uh, a name that is out there that was tied to the Pittsburgh Steelers, but yet hasn't signed anything or hasn't seen any uh, news is uh, Bud Dupree. Um, Well, I don't think he can sign until the free agency officially starts, but are you thinking Bud Dupree is going to make a return to the Pittsburgh Steelers come Wednesday? When he went to leave, I don't know if you remember, I wrote an article about, you know, coming off that knee injury that he would probably, it would have probably behooved him to stay in Pittsburgh on a one-year deal because the Steelers wouldn't have had to rush him back because they had Highsmith. And let him play that second half of the season 
in a defense he was familiar with and then, you know, look at free agency or maybe, you know, because, but he couldn't turn down the money. I mean, the Titans just threw an absurd amount of money at him considering he was coming off the ACL. Now, I think his price should be way down. And, you know, he wrote that uh, memo to the Stiller fans, to Stiller Nation, when he left. I never realized that he got it, what it meant to be a Pittsburgh Stiller, to put on the black and gold uniform and to go out and play for the best fan base in the NFL, in my opinion. But he did. He, You know, so if he meant it, everything he said in that memo, this is an opportunity to come back to where he's had the most success in the NFL, to where he is most familiar, to play for Mike Tomlin, to play with T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, and to really give them great minutes. Because, you know, he's still not fully recovered from that knee. But in limited usage, uh, you know, that would be something that he could come back on a short deal, say a one-year deal, and, you know, build himself and his reputation back mm-hmm. and then see where he goes from there. Um, I think it makes too much sense for the Steelers and for Dupree. I agree. I agree. I mean, TJ Watt plays at a high level at a, uh, you know, he's a high performance athlete that performs at a high level majority of the time when he's on the field. And in order for him to do that, you know, a couple of things uh, need to happen. One, the Steelers need to get continual three and outs and the offense need to maintain possession of the ball. That way he can continue to do that at, uh, you know, for a large portion of the game or, if that's not happening, they got to get him some help because he does take off about 25% of the plays uh, on defense. So does Alex Highsmith. And so, you know, yeah. having a key third, you know, third outside linebacker in rotation and not only in rotation, but also on the field at the same time. This defense is one that has been known to utilize the three outside linebacker set and put one in the middle or 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 on either side of the uh, of the line to confuse and trick the opposing offenses. And so I think, you know, bringing him back, somebody who's familiar with the players, familiar with the defense and, and the scheme would be ideal. I mean, it'd be ideal for him. It'd be ideal for the city. It'd be ideal for the team. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think he does come back. I think he does, you know, pull a, you know, have that role. Um, you know, one other thing that hasn't happened is the extension of Alex Highsmith. Do you think that, yeah, I don't think Bud Dupree threatens Alex Highsmith or threatens his potential extension if they were to sign him. Uh, I think that that's still an uh, an option there. Do you think that that happens this offseason, though? Or do you think that he's going to have to wait until next year when he be- prior to becoming a free agent? Well, based on everything that we're hearing, uh, and Andrew Wilbar was at the Combine, and what he was hearing behind the scenes as well, to me, Alex Highsmith getting an extension is kind of a no-brainer. Uh, to me, he's the perfect stiller. He's a high-character individual. He's a player that was a walk-on at a small school, not a power five. He was at Charlotte, and he built himself. The first time I ever noticed him was when they played Clemson at Dora Clemson's national championship season. And it looked like he was out there by himself. He didn't have a lot of help, but they couldn't control him. They, he was all over the place. He'd lined up in the middle. He'd line, rush from the outside. He did whatever needed to be done. 
And I'm like, this kid must have been a big recruit. And, you know, Charlotte just looked into him. Then I started reading about him before the draft and realized that he was a walk-on. Well, you see a guy, if you seen his picture as a freshman and you see his picture now, when he was drafted, I was like, I don't know how he's going to hold up because the Steelers' edge guys need to be big. They need to have a lot of upper body mass to handle all them tackles and setting that edge. And he struggled to set that edge as a rookie backup. You know, when Dupree was injured and went out and Highsmith had to play full time. Since that time, Highsmith has bulked his upper body. The dude does whatever he needs to do. It was like he's not explosive enough. He went in after that rookie year. He worked on that. He's improved his explosiveness twofold. Everything, that work ethic plays. And it ain't going nowhere. All the great guys, T.J. Watt works just as hard now as he did before he won Defensive Player of the Year. Some guys settle. They're like, I made it. Now I can relax. The great ones never do. T.J. Watt, the work ethic's still there. Alex Highsmith, the work ethic's still there. I'll pay a, a million or two more a year for a guy that I don't have to babysit. That we don't got to send trainers to his house to make sure he's working out and doing the things that you need him to do. And Highsmith is, is the perfect stiller. And I think that he loves it in Pittsburgh. I do not see him wanting to hit free agency and chase the money. I think he cares more about winning in Pittsburgh, having a legacy in Pittsburgh. And if they offer him something comparable, you know, with the, say the top five, six guys, you know, this offseason at that position, I think they can get it, the deal worked out. And I think it'll be during training camp. I don't think yeah. it'll be before camp. Stewards do that a lot, you know, signing guys towards the end of camp. Right. Yeah, no, and I agree. And I, I agree with a lot of what you were saying. I think that Alex Highsmith is, uh, is a guy that is a Steelers guy, just like you said. You know, he reminds me a lot of Chad Brown. You know, when I see, mm-hmm. you know, his, you know, everything about him, you know, the, you know, the Robin, so to speak, but could be a Batman somewhere else. You know, when you look at um, what he was able to do for the last couple of years prior to this big season, he was, he was just there. He was almost there. He had the moves. He was just a half second behind. And a lot of folks said that, Hey, you know, one, if TJ Watt wasn't that half a second in front of him, he would have had a lot more sacks those first two years. And two, that is like repertoire of, of pass rushing moves was vast in that, you know, once he figured out which ones that he can really hone in on, that he was going to be a fantastic pass rusher. And I think we saw that come to play right before our eyes last season when he was able to round up double digit sacks. And I think he's going to continue at that level and continue at that trajectory. I'm excited for him. I'm excited for what the Steelers do on the outside with him and, you know, bringing in a Bud Dupree, like we mentioned, and kind of put it full circle, you know, that doesn't um, in my opinion, threatened him, but it, it allows the level or the bar of playing continue, you know, stay about the level mm-hmm. that it's at with those guys in there. There's not that significant drop like you have when you have a Jameer Jones coming in or a, a Malik Reed where they're virtually invisible on the field and nobody knows where they're at. And so I, I think with a Bud Dupree, you have to plan for him. You have to plan to, for where he's going to be for an opposition. And I think his, uh, his acquisition would be good. And, and, extending and i think you're right i think it's going to be done in training camp extending alex highsmith giving him that um you know peace of mind that he's going to be the guy for the pittsburgh steelers for a long period of time Um, you know something else 
you know, Dupree has played both sides. Right. He can play right or left. And to have that guy who could come in and uphold that standard for 10 plays, you know, 15 plays to rest them other guys, uh, that is an ideal scenario. And, you know, he only had seven sacks in his season and a half in Tennessee. Really not even a season and a half consider the game's missed. But that's coming off that ACL. And he did not have the dominant pass rusher on the other side. And he was that's what I was worried about when he left Pittsburgh. He was always he mopped up the quarterback getting flushed out by TJ. Mm-hmm. Well, when he had to do the fleshing out, you know, that wasn't He's a great athlete, and he's got a great motor, and he stayed active and stayed after it. And he got a lot of his by hustle sacks because he chased the guy down after Watt flushed him from the pocket. So I think that, like we've said, it just makes too much sense to not try to bring him back, at least kick the tires on this. And I don't think he's any threat to Highsmith, his start position, his extension. Highsmith's already on record saying, hey, we'd be the three-headed monster. That'd be great. Bring him back. You know, the guys like him. And locker room chemistry matters, guys. I mean, it really does. You know, you can bring in a guy, and if he's a little bit of a jerk and the, and the he don't get along with his teammates, you know, we seen what Ingram, Ingram's thinking he's going to come in and he's going to start over Highsmith. And it wasn't justified. And, you know, he actually become a distraction. They had to basically give him away. So uh, Dupree, I think, is a far more safer bet than that was. For sure. For sure. I agree. I agree. And uh, we're coming closer. We're after the 45-minute mark. I got one last question for you before we let everybody else out, and this is coming from Felicia. Patrick Peterson, when asked about what number he'd like to wear in Pittsburgh, he said he'd like to rock the number seven. You think there's any chance that that's going to happen? <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny. The Steelers just don't retire numbers. And and I heard a guy say one time, he's like, well, the Steelers have had so many all-time greats and so many Hall of Famers, you know, that it's actually hard to say, well, I'm going to retire this number and this number and this number because you're going to run out of numbers. But um, Ben is one of the Mount Rushmore of Pittsburgh Steelers. I just... I mean, I can never imagine another quarterback wearing number seven. Uh, Would Ben give his blessing? I don't know. Um, I would rather see him wear another number just from the fact that um, I don't really like the number seven for a cornerback anyway, but that's just me. I'm old school. You know, uh, you know, that wasn't something you seen much back in the day. Uh, Right. So um, I, I just don't see it. But if Ben sides off on it, the way the Steelers are about, you know, retiring numbers, I guess it could happen. 
I don't think it's going to ever get to be a question to ask Ben. I think the Steelers are going to shut that down prior to that. <laughs> I think there might be a there might be a two in front of that seven, and Marcus Allen might be not on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and, <laughs> and that number might be available. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, I want to thank everybody that's caught the hangover and caught the show. Uh, please hit that like and subscribe button if you're not subscribed. If you're uh, listening to this on Apple Podcasts or one of our other podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and do what you can to help out the uh the the algorithm and the the uh what we're trying to do here uh do you have any last words shannon before we let everybody go no uh just uh uh don't panic it's gonna be all right i i trust these guys the decision makers they know what they're doing um i thought that they had a, a really strong uh you know opening salvo last year with uh, daniels and cole and a lot of them guys um, you know, I think that there is going to be a big signing, you know, that we're really going to be excited about coming up here in the next uh, day or so. Um, and then, you know, a strong draft class too, and some areas of need for the Steelers. So just don't panic. Um, Sutton went from being a guy that everybody's like, oh, we need to get faster. And the Steelers secondary is mediocre to, you know, man, he was the second coming of Darrell Rivas here the last couple of days. So, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. But everybody stay calm. It's going to be all right. And I believe that Con and Waddle, they got this. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next week. Tune in to The Hangover and everything else on Steel Curtain Network. Mm-hmm.